Parashas Vayigash, we're going to actually um, dedicate this to towards Asara Betevis, which is tonight and tomorrow. And what Asara Betevis really means. So the fast of Asara Betevis is unique that it was established for three things that happened during the days of Teves. On Test Teves, which was today, the, you know, not now, but today, was Ezra, and both Ezra and Nehemia passed away, right? So they were the, the ones, the Tamil HaChamim, the Tzadikim, that rebuilt the second base of Mikdash, they passed away. And on Ches Teves, the previous day, during the period of the second base of Mikdash, the Chachamim were forced by the Greek-Egyptian king Ptolemy to translate the Torah into Greek. And that was a big disaster. It opened up the Torah to be ridiculed and to be uh, Bible critics and etc. So there are three things that happened. Ches Tevis, the Torah was translated into Greek. Tes Tevis, Ezra and Nehemiah died. And Asara Tevis, siege was laid to Yerushalayim. And rather than have us fast three days consecutively, which, thank God, they didn't make us do that, they combined it all into one on Asara Tevis. Now, there are a number of things to understand about the role that Asara Tevis played in the Harbin. Number one, the siege was laid by Nebuchadnezzar's army on Asara Tevis. And eventually, on Shavasa Betamas, the wall was breached. And on Tishabav, the base of Mikdash was destroyed. Now we tend to think that this was a six-month thing, right? It started at Sarbatavis, it stretched out till the summer, and then in Shavasabatamas through the three weeks, until uh, Tishabav, the base of Mikdash was destroyed. But if you look in the Psukim in Tanakh, it's in the end of Malachim, that's not what happened. Siege was laid in Asarbatavis. But the destruction only happened in the uh, the Av two years later, thirty months later. It was a long siege, it was a two and a half year siege. And the Vesemiktosh was actually only destroyed very, uh, uh, quite, a bit, uh, quite a long time later. It was a, the siege took a while until Nebuchadnezzar was successful in breaking through the walls of Yerushalayim. The Jewish population resisted their attempts for a very, very long time. And it's important to understand that a siege was always a waiting game. That's what a siege was all about. Because here you had Nebuchadnezzar with his tremendous army of hundreds of thousands of troops. Uh, and they're sitting around the city, and now he has to feed those troops, and he has to keep morale up, and he has to make sure they don't kill each other. Uh, and, and Yushalayim has to survive as well, so they had to have their own provisions to be able to survive. And whoever could survive longer was the one who was going to win. This, he couldn't feed his troops forever, he didn't have endless amount of finances, and he also, it, at some point, didn't make sense anymore. There was no point in him trying to capture Yushalayim, so whoever could hold out longer was the one who was going to win the siege. And uh, Klai Yisrael had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of confidence in their ability to withstand this siege. And another thing to, under, to know about this siege that Nebuchadnezzar laid in Yerushalayim was that it was interrupted in the middle. It, didn't, it wasn't consecutive. In the middle of this two-year period, Nebuchadnezzar had to leave. He had to depart. He had to lift his siege because he was being attacked in Mitzrayim. His, his forces in Mitzrayim were being attacked. And the Egyptian king was waging war against him, so he had to bring his army over to Egypt to, wa- to wage war against them. And then eventually he came back and resumed his siege on Yerushalayim. The length of this siege is important. It, it shouldn't have taken that long. And there was a reason in heaven, in Shemayim, why there was this delay. There was a debate going on, and this is very important to understand about Asar Batavis, because it's relevant today as well. In Yecheskel, who was the Navi who lived at the time, but he already was in Golis. Yecheskel and Navi went to Golis with Yechania, the same, you know, that we say in the Megillah, that uh, Mordechai Atzadik went into Golis in Yechania, Melch Yehuda, Ashahaglum Yishalayim. So that was, that was some, quite a bit before. That was 11 years earlier. 
And he was all the greatest tzaddikim and tamid chachamim of Klai Yisrael went into Galus together with Galus Yechanias, and as did Yecheskel Hanavi. So he was saying Nevuah in Babel, far away from Eretz Yisrael. So he gets this Nevuah at the moment of the day, Anasar Betavis, when the siege began. Hashem tells Yecheskel, write down this day, this day of Asar Betavis, as Etzem Hayoyim Hazer, repeats it twice, as Etzem Hayoyim Hazer, this specific particular day, write it down. And it makes an emphasis, and that emphasis is important, we'll see in a minute why. And Hashem tells Yecheskel Hanavi a parable, it tells him a mushal, of placing a pot on the fire, fill it up with all the best meats that you can get a hold of, the most expensive choice cuts of meat, let it cook and boil and boil and boil until it burns out, until all the meat is totally devoured by the fire. And the mushal was to show Klal Yisrael that you, Klal Yisrael, you're putting your hope and you're putting your faith in your wall which was like the pot to protect you from the fire outside and Hashem was telling them it's not going to work it's not going to protect you don't put your faith in the fire in the in the wall it's eventually going to burn you and it's going to burn the most expensive cuts of meat no matter what how powerful you are no matter how much of a nobleman you are doesn't matter what your position is the Muchanetsa won't care he's going to kill and destroy everybody now Kaisal did have a lot of faith because as we know already in the second base of Mikdash uh, they had enough, the Gemara tells us that they had enough provisions to survive 21 years under siege. You know what that is, 21 years under siege? Can you imagine that they had that kind of provisions in Yerushalayim to, to, to supply the whole city for 21 years? There was no way Nebuchadnezzar could not stay, could, couldn't lay siege for 21 years. That wouldn't have happened. So they had a lot of faith in their ability to withstand and, and, and survive this siege. They thought they were strong enough. They thought the walls of Yerushalayim were strong enough. Chazal tells Nebuchadnezzar tried everything to break down the walls and miraculously all his siege equipment was broken against the walls except when finally Hashem allowed it. So they thought they were safe and sound inside Yerushalayim. And this is what HaKadosh Baruch was telling Yechazkel, tell them this mashal, that they're not, it's not going to protect them. But then... Hashem tells Yechezkel a very interesting thing. He says that at, after the duration of the siege, there's going to be a single survivor, he's going to come to Babel and tell everybody what happened. He's going to inform them of what happened. And Hashem told them that before, until that happens, until, this is Asar Batavis, and until that pilot happens, which is almost three years later, you, Yechezkel, can't say a word. You have to be silent. Hashem often made the Nevi'im do things that were very, very, very difficult, and this is one of them. You have to be silent for two and a half years, for three years, and the reason is to demonstrate to Kali Yisrael that there's no point talking to you, because you're not listening. And you're not going to listen, you're not going to hear what I have to say, so I'm not even going to talk to you. And the reason why they weren't listening is because they didn't have any reason to listen. They didn't think they had a reason to do tshuva. They thought they were safe. They thought they, they had this. They thought they had this in their pocket. They thought they were invincible. So Hashem says, don't even talk to them. Two and a half years, tell them this nevuah, and then that's it. Two and a half years, you're going to be silent. And when does Yechezkel start talking? Hashem tells him, as soon as the pilot comes and tells him the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, then you start talking. You know why? The reason is because then they're going to stop listening. Because then they're going to see, hey, we're not protected. Hey, this, it really happened. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. The Schus of the Beis HaMikdash wasn't enough to protect us. The walls weren't enough to protect us. Hashem did pay, finally carry out that that He had decreed so many years earlier. And at that point, they're going to be ready to listen. And that's the first time in two and a half years, three years, that you're going to be able to open up your mouth. And they're going to start doing tshuva. These words, Etzem Hayem Azeh, this specific day of Asar Batavis, which is repeated twice, is significant. And Avud Raham, it's one of the Rishonim, he writes that the reason why it says that Etzem Hayem Azeh is because Asar Batavis is unique. That even if Asar Batavis would fall out on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos. Different than every other fast. 
Tishabah falls out on Shabbos, we push it off to Sunday. Asara Batevis, if it were to fall out on Shabbos, we would fast even on Shabbos. Now, our calendar happens not to allow for that, so it never happens. But it does fall out on a Friday, like it's about to do tomorrow, which is very unusual. Only Asara Batevis that it happens to. And it's because Asara Batevis has this unique quality that you fast on Asara Batevis no matter what. Etzem Hayem And we're going to see soon the reason why. The Chassam Seifer says an amazing, an amazing reason why. But we have to understand a little bit more about Asara Batevis to appreciate it. So when, what day did Klal Yisrael in Bavel get the news that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed? It was on the fifth day of Teves, Chamisha B'Teves. And Rabshim Benichai says, we should really fast on that day, on Chamisha B'Teves, not on Asar B'Teves. And Rabbi Kiva disagrees, he says Asar B'Teves, and that's what we do. But why is that day so important? Because that's the day when the Kharban started making a difference, when people heard about it and they finally started doing tshuva. The Kharban was doing what it was meant to do, to inspire people, to make them think, to make them realize this is real, and we have to change, and we're not invincible. We have to finally take Hashem's message to heart. So that's why Hashem and Yechai says you fast on Chamesh B'tevitz. When we don't, we all agree with Kiva. But that's the importance of this whole situation. Now the Medrash Tanchumah says that the reality was that the Kharban should have all happened on Asar B'tevitz. He should have laid siege, he should have miraculously breached the wall, he should have gotten to the base of Mikdash, everything, Shiva Asar is and Tishabah, all that should have happened on Asar, on Asar B'tavis itself. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu had mercy. He said, really everything should happen on this specific day, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu had mercy. Why? Because it was the middle of the winter. And he says, if they're going to go on Golis now, they're going to freeze to death. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu had mercy, he says, let's push it off to the summer. But it wasn't just that summer he pushed it off to, right? It was two and a half years later, the summer that it happened. Because once it got pushed off, then the Beis Din Shalmaila had to reconvene. It got appealed, so to speak. It had to be sent back to the Supreme Court. And once they started debating, maybe Klaistral has his chus. And you know what? Klaistral did tshuva at that point. So they delayed it. And it could have been delayed indeterminably, indefinitely. But that's another whole piece. I don't have time tonight. I gave a, a podcast about it about a year ago, last year. Sarbatevs, you could listen whole amazing part of Yirmiya about what they did. They did tshuva, it was, that's why the siege got, li- uh, got lifted and, they went, and Nebuchadnezzar went to Mitzrayim. Inevitably, Klai Yisrael did not do tshuva and they went back and, uh, and the Kharban therefore happened. And the Chesam Seifer writes, and this is an amazing Chesam Seifer, and this is so important for us, and he says that just as in the time of the Kharban, Anasar Batevis was the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was deciding, let's do the Kharban. And in Shemayim they said, no, okay, we're going to wait till the summer. And then it was, again, it had to be decided, will we make the Kharban, will we not make the Kharban? He says, every year, we know that every year that the base of Mikdash is not rebuilt is as if it's destroyed. He says, every year in Asar Batevis, Bezin Shalmaila sits down and makes, starts debating, should the base of Mikdash be rebuilt this year? Should it not be re- rebuilt this year? And he says, every year, if it's not rebuilt, that decision was made today, was made on Asar Batevis. That's when that decision is made. So that's what he says. The Avudraham says you should fast even if it's on Shabbos. He says, Tisha B'Av, you're fasting on something that happened already, a past event. Past event, you could fast on Sunday too. But he says, this is happening right now. This decision is being made right now. You have to fast now. He compares it to a Tainas Chaloyim. That a Tainas Chaloyim, when you're supposed to make a Tainas Chaloyim, when you're supposed to fast about a bad dream, you're supposed to do it even on Shabbos, because it has to happen right now. When you have to fast, take care of something, you have to protect yourself, you can do it even on Shabbos. Because that's the importance and significance of a Batavis. The Batavis is essentially the day the Harbin is supposed to happen, but in Shemayim, it's when they debate it, it's when they discuss it, and that's what they do every single year to see whether the Kharban is going to happen again. And that's the significance of Asar Batavis historically, and Asar Batavis for us as well. Have an easy fast, everybody. 
Have a good night and a wonderful Shabbos.